you're going to kill me, kill me. And he goes, the point is, I don't want to execute you. I want to marry you. Hello, you're listening to Worth the Read podcast. My name is Sarah. And I'm Shannon. We're sisters who love to read. So whether you're a hopeless romantic or a fantasy fanatic, you've come to the right place. We retell and review clean stories filled with high stakes, swooning moments, mysteries, plot twists, and oh, so much drama. But in the end, we only have one question to answer. Is this book worth the read? Listen to find out and don't forget to subscribe. Well, happy new year, everyone. I'm excited for this year. It's kind of a crazy already January hit and it's like oh my gosh I'm not ready so much has happened January is so long (laughs) it has been the longest January of my life I saw a tweet and it was like one thing about January she's gonna make you feel all of her days (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's so accurate because some months it's like you just flew by yeah I it's like the uh, 30th today. It's been two months. Yes. Like, that's what yes. it feels like. I'm like, we're half the year, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, I know for me, it's stressful because my, my book's launching in yes. April, April 5th. You're so busy with that. I Like, it is over. It's consuming everything. Mm-hmm. Like, just because I'm still... I'm moving forward as though I am self-publishing. Like, I have a whole plan laid out of how I'm going to do that. But I've had reviewers and people respond to reading my book and saying, you really should try to tradition, really like it. So, and I, there's benefits, there's pros and cons to both. And I'm just, I've been so unsure about everything. I'm like, I'm just going to do both. And then if I get any agents to message back to me and are interested, then great. I'll go that route. But if not, I'm just going to continue on as though I'm self-publishing. But that just means I'm doing double of everything and it's so stressful. (laughs) Also, I guess I know, I'll just say, if you're interested in getting an ARC, ARC signups are available right now. You just have to go to SincerelyCeraVee.com. Amazing. Amazing. And Shannon's been working very diligently on the beautiful cover of my book. Every two minutes, Every- Sarah comes with the change. <laughs> Not even true. We just have to get the template right and make it so that it's exactly That's true. What- Amazon's confusing. It's not. I don't, under- I don't understand... I don't understand. Yeah, we went back in with the template, and I was like, no, all of the lines are matching up yeah. perfectly. Like, pixel perfect, I go, like, zoom in that far, and then Sarah gets the copy, and the spine's, like, way off. And yeah, like, there's, like, I a don't... gap on the spine. What? We want a solid spine, and then it's, like, the back cover's on the spine a little bit and we're like what the heck is happening yeah and it looks terrible and the coloring i mean the coloration differences will be you know that's just with print on demand it's going to be that way but anyways man there's just a lot that goes into self-publishing guys (laughs) it's just it's constantly yeah constantly Think twice before you want to do that (laughs) no i'm just kidding no it's really fun but you guys we have to start the year off we have the best book find and I'm so excited to talk about it. The book that we're reviewing today is called The Wicked Prince by Celeste Baxendale. It is a Robin Hood retelling. And oh boy, is it wonderful. It wow. is so incredibly good. I am obsessed. It's weird because this is a whole series. It's a retelling of all of these fairy tales. And they're all done by different authors. And I love this book so much. I do not want to go to the other authors. <laughs> and that's not fair. I know it's not fair because I got to give them a chance. But like this book is so good. I'm not done with it yet. And I'm yeah. like, I want her to continue on this story and do stories for other characters that were mentioned in here. Like she's she doesn't have any other retellings that are listed in that series. And I'm so upset about I'm it. I'm upset about it. But we did look at her like other books. Yeah. And they look really good. There's one yeah. book I'm going to read next. You but are. this one was just such a gem when we such found it. Such a beautiful, just it's crazy. perfect gem. I was like 
Dang. It, it <laughs> we is, found a good one. Yeah, we did. We did. I did. Yeah. And I read it so quickly, too. <laughs> oh, it's so... Oh, the pining, guys. The swooning of this. I just love it when the guy is smitten yes. from the beginning. And this yeah. is hardcore. Yeah. He's, but he has been fallen already. <laughs> He's oh already gosh. fell. Okay. Yeah, he tumbled real quick. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. Okay. Do you want to pull up the back of the book um, yeah. while I get this ready? Oh, my gosh. Before we go into the spoiler section, I'm going to go over our little cheat sheet here for our review. The genre is fantasy and regency. Tropes are an arranged marriage or forced marriage in this one. Ugh, so good. There is absolutely no language. I don't think it's cheesy at all. The spiciness, it's not, it's completely clean, but the tension between them is so good. It, and the chemistry is like, ugh, so good. I would yeah. give it so many spicy ratings. Yeah, you almost not feel like even. it's spicy. Yeah. Because the tension is so good. The tension is so good. You don't need any. It's just so good. Anybody yeah. can read this really like age 14 and up. Yeah, it's not dirty at all. It's not dirty at all. Trigger warnings. There Obviously is, why it's on here. <laughs> yeah. Trigger warnings. Very clean. There's no, I guess they talk about grief and death. Um, but it's not shown. But it's not shown at all. Amazon, it's KU. Amazon. It's double point of view and third person. Fantastic writing. Violence. There's some, a little bit of violence from her, but like nothing graphic really at all. So there's that. All right. Here's the back of the book. A righteous outlaw, a wicked tyrant, a marriage to save their crumbling kingdom. As regent, Prince John has a never ending list of problems, including his brother's expensive war and his subjects utter hatred of him. But the biggest thorn in his side, the outlaw Robin Hood. With an ultimatum from his brother, deal with the outlaw once and for all or be sent to the front lines to die. Prince John needs a solution and fast. Upon discovering everything they thought they knew about the criminal was wrong, most surprising, Robin Hood is a woman, Prince John's brilliant scheme is born. Marry the outlaw, secure his safety, even if he condemns himself to a wife that despises him and fascinates him in equal measure. Robin has never come across a trap she couldn't escape, but when Prince John proves himself as her equal, it's time to put that to the test. She's made a vow to fight his tyranny. The ring on her finger won't change that. As long as she believes he is every wicked thing the world says he is, her heart is safe. And even though she might be the biggest thief in the world, it isn't like he has a heart for her to steal. Oh my gosh. You guys, (laughs) the book blurb itself is fantastic. It is so good. It's like its own little story. I just, oh man, it's, it's so good. I can't wait. Okay, so we're going into the spoiler section, so... If you haven't read it, go read it, come back, and listen with us. <laughs> All right. So we start, I mean, it starts out so good. We start with him in his throne room, okay? Prince John. He's in his throne room. His brother's off fighting his war. He's the, the His brother, Richard, is the king, and he is fighting a war. And he left his brother, Prince John, to be the regent to keep things running while he's fighting off the, in the war. So he's in the throne room sitting in the king's chair and he's like, I got to look like really casual. Like I don't care. And so his legs are over the the armrest and he's like, just, you know, sitting there waiting for who he knows is coming by his, who he calls him sheriff has captured Robin Hood. And for the longest time, they thought Robin Hood was a man. But once he found out that she was a woman, he was able to finally catch her. So Prince John is very conniving and very smart and is very good at planning and being like one step ahead. He's just really good at it. So anyways, so the sheriff brings in Robin Hood and she's like thrashing against the the holds that they have on her and he's talking with her and she's not really talking back to him and he's like, come on, all birds sing, don't they? Because she's Robin. (laughs) And he says, well, our first night together wasn't one I won't forget. You weren't very vocal. So that talks about how they first met the very first time. And then we'll we'll talk about that. 
that. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But anyways, in this conversation, she's like, okay, well, get on with it. If you're going to kill me, kill me. And he goes, the point is, I don't want to execute you. I want to marry you. And she's like, stunned. And in this moment, he's like brushing his thumb over her lip and Robin bites him. <laughs> she's very feisty. I love it. So anyways, he sends her back into the jail cell, the dungeons that they have. And they caught her and her merry men. And so they're all in the jail cell and they're like, what did he want? And she's, you know, she doesn't say anything to them, but she notices the days go by and he gives them food, gives her a little bit more food than they, her men get. And they haven't said anything about it, but they all notice it. And so then one day they bring the food for them to eat, but they don't bring her food and they bring her out of the dungeon and bring her into, it looks, I think it's the library, the study. And he's in there and she's like, what game are you playing here? And he, and he says, the game is lunch, Savage. And so he like, <laughs> he unties one of her hands. He's like, you can have one hand. He's like, you bit me, but you can have one hand to eat. And so they're talking and she's like, well, like, why, why do you want to marry me? And, and he's like, well, let me tell you why. And he brings out the letters that his brother has been writing him complaining about the state of how he's left everything. And he's like, everything's falling apart. This Robin Hood person is destroying everything, stealing all of the money because they attacked the tax collector carriages and steal all the money give it back to the people and things like that and he's and so there's problems and they need funding for the war so in the letters he's telling her everything they need the they need the money and this is in the letter that the king wrote to prince john it's clear that this outlaw has the love of the people thanks to the fact that you haven't handled it effectively while i've been gone they've built a hero in their minds against the prince they've always despised this robin hood must be dealt with so prince john is talking to her and he's like war isn't cheap robin and so she goes, if you, if all you needed to do was stop me from stealing the taxes in order to prove your worth to King Richard, why haven't you killed me and been done with it? And he says, in response to that, from the moment I first saw you under that hood, I knew I would either kill you or marry you. So, so he's saying pretty much Richard wants me to handle this situation, but if you die, it lives on and I'll be the tyrant. So Prince John is saying, I'll be the tyrant who killed the people's hero. And it just might be enough to push the current dissatisfaction they'll come after him but he says if we get married and the majority of the public believes you're doing it willingly in order to help them then it's going to put the whole situation to rest and they can work together so his whole plan obviously is to marry her so that it solves his whole problem really mm. in the end he goes well if you don't agree to this here's your options i can execute you and your men or you can marry me and i'll let your let your men go and so she says fine you win let my men live and I'll marry you. So, so now we jump forward to when it's the wedding day and he's so excited. <laughs> he's been planning this wedding for five months. He just needed her to like agree to it. Mm -hmm. So he's been planning this the whole time. And that's what I like about it. Cause you can kind of see he's already obsessed, but like he yeah. doesn't realize it yet. Yeah. He, it's it, pretty great. It is wonderful. <laughs> he's been obsessed with her for so long. Yeah. So anyways, they're at the wedding and they're going there over the vows. He specifically instructed the officiant to not say her name because he didn't want Robin to know that he knows her actual real name. Her real name isn't Robin Hood. She has another name and he knows it, but he doesn't want her to catch on to it because then it, he wants this to be an actual real marriage. And he figured out that Robin Hood with her men in the dungeons were coming up with a plan for her to get out of this marriage, for it not to be an actual marriage, for her to be able to get it annulled. So 
they do the vows and I love it because he, he says you may now kiss the bride and he and you didn't have to ask him twice so he kisses her like really good and he's trying to make it believable so that people think that they're actually in love then they go to sign the documents for it to be an actual marriage and when she goes to sign she starts to spell her name and he goes it's Roberta and she's like oh <gasps> how did he find out my real name? And he goes, write your real name, Robin. And so she has to write her real name and she's frustrated because she's like, dang it. Now I'm really actually married to him. She was going to get out of it, but nope. So anyways, they're officially married and she's just like, after that, they don't really see each other besides dinner. And so she's kind of doing her own thing and she's kind of like bored because she has three guards following her all the time and he's gone working she doesn't believe he's actually working she's like there's no way like he's so dumb <laughs> he's not actually doing any kind of work for the kingdom whatsoever but they have a conversation at one point he says when you stole the golden arrow right from under me and i saw underneath your hood i discovered everything we thought we knew about you was wrong so he's talking about how he finally discovered that she wasn't a man that she was a woman it was at this event that he was hosting to try to catch robin hood and it was this arrow competition, arrow thing. And if you won, you would win this golden arrow. And so Robin Hood. An archery contest. Thank you. <laughs> this arrow thing. <laughs> like, yes, the archery contest. <laughs> the archery contest. Sorry. I have so many things I'm trying to read through. It's okay. So anyways, he was trying to capture Robin Hood. And so he knew that Robin Hood's really good with archery. Didn't see Robin Hood though. And there was one person who was like really old with a cloak, wearing a cloak. And so while the competition is happening, his sheriff comes and he's like, they stole the tax collector thing and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, dang it. And then right when they were going to cancel the whole thing, the old or elderly per person aims the arrow towards the sheriff. They both dodge. And that's when they realize, wait, he's kind of putting the pieces together he's like oh that was robin hood dressed up as like an old person and he saw the inside of his cloak was it was green or at this time he's still thinking it was a he that night after the competition was canceled and everything went kind of crazy that night robin hood sneaks into his room at this noble this like noble family's home and in the room that he was staying robin hood sneaks in goes for the golden arrow and her hood comes off and so then he's able to get a look at her face and so he's able to put everything together from that moment on. She steals the arrow. She actually steal the arrow? Back, yeah. yeah when she, she's in the room. Yeah. So she steals the arrow. She's like, I won this square and fair. Fair is square. <laughs> All you had to do is just look at me. And I was like, that felt off. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Fair and square. My goodness. <laughs> so anyway, she gets it back. So then he's on a mission, right? He's on a mission to try to get her. He's done research into her background, figured out that she was related to Marion, who's her cousin, who's of noble birth. Her cousin is getting married to his good friend, who's also a guard. And so he used that wedding as a trap to capture her. So that's how he's able to capture her. Days go on by and one of the, she's trying to track his schedule of when he leaves his room and when he comes back into his room because the rooms are connected. And he did tell her the first night, he's like, my room's over here. You can lock your room, but I will never try to come in here. So it's totally up to you. I'm never going to try to come into your room. She's kept it locked. But anyways, one of the days that she's bored out of her mind, she's, she wants to kind of discover and go into his room to kind of see what game he's trying to play. Like, what does he have up his sleeve? So she doesn't trust him at all. So while he's gone, she goes into his room and she discovers one of the big old boxes that he has in there. What are those called? Like a chest. 
one of the chests is in there and she breaks the lock and she sees it's a whole bunch of drawings of her at first it's some of the drawings made by someone else of a wanted poster with her face on it but then there was little notes on that that said like her her nose is too long or her jaw is too soft you know and like all these things her her eyes aren't tired enough and like all these things but then eventually it looks exactly like her and so she can tell that it was by someone else who who drew it and got the the accuracy of the image and so there's tons of those in there and then there's another there's more of her of different moments that have happened there's one where she got to go with prince john to deliver her men back into the country and so it was her hugging her men goodbye i forgot to mention this when she was hugging his name is little john he's actually a big giant <laughs> when she was hugging little john he slipped a dagger into her like her shoulder her sleeve but it was a drawing that he had of her so any that he had of her it was he drew of her and there was one time that she was out in their training grounds and she was fighting because you know she's a fighter and she likes to like keep her training up so he was watching her from his window and drew a picture of her fighting so she saw that as well in there and so she's like freaking out and then john comes back into the room and she's like what the heck is this like explodes on him and he's like well i had to do i had to draw they weren't getting your picture right so i ended up drawing the wanted poster and she goes well you also drew pictures of like all the furniture in my room and my wedding dress and all these different variations he drew her wedding dress she goes what this is a crazy obsession and in his head he's like well i guess it does seem a little obsessive but <laughs> i have other drawings too they're just not in this box he's you know realizing he's <laughs> obsessed with her <laughs> <laughs> and so she's like, pissed at him let me jump forward so she says whatever gate little game this is to you i'm not playing it anymore your obsession with possessing me ends now. You can trap me in this marriage and you can send my family to the ends of the continent, but that's all you're going to get. I'm done being a prisoner and pawn for amusement. Your ma manipulations aren't going to work on me. So she threatens him, but he does say, yeah, you're not going to kill me. If you wanted to, you would have done that already. You know, the first time we met. I do have to mention before he makes her kind of come to dinner because he's like, the, the servants are going to catch on. You know, we need to put on this front. And he notices that she's all the way on the other end. He goes, why is this table so long? <laughs> and so he's like, what if, how long would it take Robin to notice if I cut like the table off inches shorter every single time and she just slowly gets closer to me? <laughs> so cute. And he asks her, oh my gosh, I have to, I have to quote this. He says, how is your day? And it's like, it's, it's so funny because it's like back to back every night he's asking her questions and she doesn't want to respond. And so he says, how was your day? And she says, ask me that again. And I'm throwing this apple at you. You'll see my aim isn't constrained to just arrows. The next sentence says her aim wasn't constrained to just arrows. <laughs> <laughs> and just the right the author. It has such a dry sense of humor. It's, it's so good. Throughout wonderful. The entire book. Oh my gosh. It is so good. It I is... literally like laughing out loud at points yeah. during this book. Yeah. Which is like really rare to do. Yes. It's so fantastic. <laughs> Anyway, so after she see, she finds out that he's been drawing her, she kind of freaks out and the next day she sneaks out because in the training grounds, there's this building where they can train and it's the king's special training ground and he's ordered the guards not to go in there with her, that that's only, only she's allowed in there. So she uses that to sneak through the other side of it and she escapes. When she escapes, she gets into the town and the people are like excited to see her, but also mad at her. And she's like, whoa, whoa, this is not the reaction I was expecting. Some people are like, you've been up in this cushy tower, like getting fed all the stuff. You just forgot about us because you're getting everything that you wanted. People are like, you've, you're a princess now. Why hasn't anything changed? How come you're not helping us? You know, so the, people are coming at different angles from her and she's like overwhelmed. She does see Alan, who's one of her merry men. And he's talking about how we're, he's like, we're going to get you out. We're going to, we're going to sneak you out. And then the guards appear and then they take her back. 
She comes back into the castle. Prince John is there and he's furious. And he's like, did you even stop for, to think for one second that maybe you're at risk? Your safety is completely thrown out the window when you attempted that. Like, that's so dangerous for you. And then they get into this argument. And she says, based off of hearing what the people were saying in the, in, when she went, arrived into that town, she says, they already know I'm a prisoner. Half the people out there were convinced that, that you've been keeping me chained up in a tower where you visit me only to beat me. Pretending this is a happy marriage isn't going to make anyone out there love you. Mm-hmm. And he says, who said I wanted their affection? That's what you're here for. You keep them at bay with your reputation so I don't have to worry about them coming for my head. You trying to run away only leads them to coming for my head. And then they have this argument about him being the ruler and how he's he's pretty much doing nothing for the people. The country's falling apart and all those things. And he's like, well, fine. If you think you can do it better, you be regent. And she says, hmm. I don't want to be regent. He says, why not? Clearly, I'm the wrong man for the job. So I'm so happy this part happened because I was like, she just needs to see what he deals with because we see the work he's putting in. Yeah, and all she doesn't, she doesn't see it at all. And all you get into his head and you see all the point, all the angles he's thinking of, and he's he's very smart and he's really good at trying to plan things out. Like he is actually a pretty good prince. Yeah, but but it's like no win situation. No win situation, and it's kind of sad because you learn more too. He from childhood has always been the bad guy, always his brother the king has always been praised but he child. yeah and he's always been just the like you said the bad egg the bad seed yeah. so anyways you know what here you can run the country you think you know everything and he's i love it as he's talking to her he's just throwing he's like piling books and books as he's talking to her just stacking it really tall and at the end he's like here and he gives her this entire stack of like all these laws and all these books about running the country and yeah everything so he gives it to her and he says my righteous outlaw my brave princess my hateful wife save your people from their greedy wicked tyrant (laughs) (laughs) and then she says gladly my cowardly husband sit back and watch the people's heroes save them again (laughs) and he's not just throwing her under the bus because she does have a royal upbringing that you'll find out more later but she has training in politics and all these other things but when she takes over this role he does put her in classes yeah to become more of like a politic yeah like to become a princess or yeah yeah kind of thing yeah to train her in the right way real busy now (laughs) she's so busy so it says right here the next morning john just like stands outside of his door and waits for her to come out of hers into the hallway and she's like has stacks she looks frazzled there's people all around her and he just like is smiling like watching her (laughs) he knows exactly what he's done yes and then he said she didn't break the first day or by the end of her first week and then so she's still just buried with work and with people asking her questions because there's all those noblemen who are around trying to help run the country bringing up all these problems talking about situations and all stuff and they're just completely surrounding her they would come to him every once in a while and be like you know we need this he goes don't you dare come to me you go to her she's in charge you know and so he mm-hmm. shoes them back away to him them but by the end of the month he knows he knows this is a big day because it's the first of the month and he this is when they get their report of casualties at the border of the mm-hmm. war that's happening and how many men were dead so he knew this he was kind of waiting to see how she would react so that night he's painting like he's been doing this whole month because he's never had time to paint before because he's always been so busy so he's painting this portrait it's he's like oh my gosh it's midnight i'm going to bed but before he blows out his candle he notices the candle from like glowing underneath her door into the door that's connecting them so he goes in there worried that she let left a candle on and that it's gonna like catch a fire or something like that so he goes in there and sees her and she's still just staring at this paper and he goes over there and he sees her there's tears in her eyes and she looks up at him and she goes i can't i can't make it work i can't fix it 
And then he says, and so they're talking about it and she's talking about all these problems and he's just listening and he's like, I know, I know all these things, you know, but he's just listening. He's not rubbing it in her face at all, but he says, it's conundrum. Withhold from the army to feed the people today. They lose their lives tomorrow when uh, Yzma arrives. I'm not sure if I'm saying the enemy country, but those people. He says, take from the people to supply the army today. Will there be a country left for them to come back to? And so they have this conversation about how how much of a predicament they're in and how you move one little piece to try to help, it makes other things worse. And so she says, congratulations, John, you win again. And I, and I love it because right after it says, John didn't like this game. He didn't want to win if it meant Robin lost. And so he says, I'll be their villain so you can be their champion. So they decide at this moment, they're gonna work together. They're gonna try to find a way to solve this and any good that comes out of it, she gets to put her name on it and any bad, he'll put his name on it because they don't want, he wants her to be the hero. If they make her sign these laws that are not helping the people, they'll hate her, but he needs to keep her the hero. So he's gonna step up and be the villain. And he says this, this is the reason I married you. So anyways, they're gonna work together. <laughs> he's and very smart. He is so smart. Since the beginning, he's known <sighs> what to do and no. what, how she would react, really. I know. It's, okay. it's pretty great. So he's, and then later on, they're like, okay, She's like, well, aren't I going to go train with these other people to be, you know, whatever. He goes, I'm not going to send my wife away to go assist someone else when I have plenty of work she can do for me. So he's keeping her close. So now literally they're together every single day, all day. Oh, I just love it. So they're spending time together all day, every day. And one night, oh, I love it. One night she comes into his room. She's, she thinks she has an idea. She goes, I think this might work. But she, she comes into a room and he is like dressed down he's casual he's not in his like royal outfits or anything like that and she it stuns her because she's like whoa she, he looks like a man he doesn't look like prince john he looks just like a normal human being and that kind of throws her off for a second because he's handsome mm-hmm. and so she's just like whoa wait a second and she's realizing that she actually doesn't mind being with him all day it's actually not the worst thing that she could have possibly imagined <laughs> <laughs> and so this becomes a new ritual like they're they're working together all day and then she comes into his room at night and he went and got her books and brought them into her room and like they have like this desk and they're sitting together and they're just trying to work at night and they sit by the fire talking about stuff so literally this, is, this has become their new ritual and he's so excited <laughs> and she's just kind of her walls are kind of breaking down and opening up to him a little bit so there's one day where he's agreed to let her every morning after her lessons she gets to also be training and so she's training in the morning and he's kind of waiting for her and he looks out the window watching her and she sees him and so she mentioned like she motions for him to come listen and so he opens the window and she goes if you want to join me you don't have to just stand there and watch like a creep from the window <laughs> so then he runs down i'm so excited for this next part <laughs> so he runs down and she starts training him and he's like so weak and he and it's interesting in his point of view learned that he was training when he was younger but he was so bad at it and king richard was so good at it that they just were like well you might as well like don't ever come back because you're so bad pretty much and never yeah. never helped him since then so he never went back into the training grounds yeah and he's pretty much been labeled as a coward yeah the rest of his life and robin even calls him that several times yeah and he just kind of accepts it because he's yeah. like people label me all the time and i can't really prove them wrong yeah they're not gonna listen so. yeah it's really kind of sad <laughs> so she she trains him and this is the reason why he goes back into the training grounds because of her because she's the one he wants to be with her so he goes <laughs> and my favorite part i don't have the quote She's like trying to tell him he has to hold the spear a certain way because yeah. if not, she's going to go over there and knock it out of his hand. He's like, there's no way in her his head. He's like, there's no way she's going to knock it out of my... Oh, there it goes. <laughs> <laughs> 
I good. started laughing so hard when I read that. <laughs> oh, there it goes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, that's not quoted exactly, but that's definitely what happened. Literally, I'm in love with Prince John. He's I'm in so love funny. with this whole story. You guys have to read this, okay? All right. So, anyways, that's a new ritual. the The season's starting to change. They've the winter's starting to come, and he's noticing that she kind of has a limp a little bit. And so he's noticing her leg, her left leg. Okay. And that's, so then one of the nights that they're together, he's been keeping an eye on her and he says, you don't have to do that. And she goes, do what? And he says, pretend that your leg doesn't hurt. And so then he's like, here, let me help you. And so he puts it together. He learns that her leg was broken once, but he doesn't know the situation. And she tenses up for a second thinking, maybe he remembers. And so we don't know anything about that. So we're Mm -hmm. like, what, what does that mean? But anyway, so he's like, here, let me help you my mom used to do this for my dad and the physicians taught her you know how to do this so let me teach you so he rubs her leg and (laughs) he is just like trying not to panic because he's so excited and she's like nervous but like it's a very intimate moment it's so good it's really sweet it's so sweet this is what it says john rested his hand on her leg and closed his eyes unable to pretend he didn't feel his heart swelling so much it was about to break right out of his chest he loved her and he could never let her find out Because he knew if he let her find out, she would run away. It's so good. And she would retreat and like all the work that they've had up to this point would just go to waste. So anyways. All right. So she's been married to him for over half a year and she still doesn't really know who he is. She's learning. She's catching herself going like, I still don't really know him that well. So we come up to a guard who comes to the prince and he says, we found him trying to sneak out of the kitchens. He got through the gate hiding what was supposed to be a barrel of wine for the upcoming ball. He catches Will, who's one of her merry men, trying to come and rescue her. And so he, he's thrown in the dungeon. Prince John goes to talk to him. And he's like, you know, I could kill you for this. This mm-hmm. You're, you know, you're committing all these felonies. It was on part all of the agreement when we let you go. That you wouldn't come and try to rescue her again. And they yeah. don't care. They don't care. They keep trying to rescue her. So he but, could. Yeah, he, he really could kill him. Kill him. But he doesn't because he knows it would. He knows it would make Robin's so angry and it would, you know, he just yeah. would never be able to really relationship with her if that were the case. So, yeah. Anyways, so he's talking to him and he says, that's right. There's nothing you can do about it if I have my hands on my wife and I do every night. So and she likes it. And she likes it. So, oh. oh, and she enjoys it. Yeah. So it says right here. So he's talking to Will and Will is furious, <laughs> but he doesn't know that he means he's just rubbing her leg. Oh, yeah, but yeah. He's making him believe that it's something more. <laughs> so, oh, so he found out her when her birthday was and he is secretly throwing her a ball. Okay. So they're at this ball. He had her this beautiful green gown. She looks stunning and he's wearing green to match her. And she's like, you're wearing my color. She was like, you don't wear green. What color does he wear? It's like blue He wears purple. purple. Oh yeah. Royal purple. Literally her mind. She's like, you don't wear green. He's never worn green. Yeah. What is happening? Yeah. He's wearing her color. I just love it. So anyways, so he's talking to his guard who's his, his friend who's also married to Marion, who is Robin's cousin. Mm. And he says, you're in love with her. And so he's like, mm-hmm. anyone can see it written on your face that you're the way you're looking at her, like a lovesick boy. So anyways, it's confirmed. Yes, he loves her and other people are noticing it. And then we go into Robin's point of view and Marion's like, you've done more good for Astrid these last few months than you did those years you were attacking the tax collectors. Why are you still trying to run away? And she's like, they said they're still going to come for me. And she goes, but you don't need to do that. You're, you're doing so much good here. Anyways, they have a conversation. We're getting into her guilt, why she feels so guilty and why she ran away when her parents died. So we learned that her parents died in a fire. Her whole, her house pretty much burned down and she was gone playing around in the, the woods. And so Prince John asks her, why didn't you go back? 
you could have gotten your inheritance. Marion's parents took over. You could have gotten it when you were old enough. Why didn't you just get your birthright and live that life? And she says, because I couldn't go back. I couldn't be her anymore, not without my parents. If Roberta had been back on time, she would have been dead with her parents. So I let her be dead. In order to survive, I had to become someone else. That's a kind of sneak peek into why she changed and why she kind of left in the first place. And when she ran away, that's when she found little John, Will, and Alan. Yeah. Okay. And that's when she started living that life. So after this ball, he's like, hey, come to my room because I have a gift for you. So she she goes, gets dressed and things like that. And she comes into the to his room and she's like, why did you do it? Why did you have all the leftover food from the ball be distributed to this poor section of the city tomorrow? And he's like, oh, I did it because I thought you'd want me to. And she goes, no, why did you why did you say it was my idea? This was you. This is all your idea. And he goes, well, they wouldn't believe it if it was my idea. And she goes, why don't why don't you try and fight and show them that this is actually who you are? Why do you just let them believe this about you? And he goes, because it wouldn't work pretty much. So then he reveals to her a gift that he has for her. <laughs> and it's a painting of her family. He contacted Marion and got a picture that was saved from the fire of her parents and then painted them with her in it, like as a family portrait. As like her this age. At this age as her older. And so she just started crying. And then he <laughs> he holds her and she just sobbing into him. And he's like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't feel this way right now with her being so sad. But like, I'm trying to memorize like, this feeling. Is it wrong for me to enjoy this? But yes. while she's crying. Yes. <laughs> And then it says Robin with her eyes red and tear tracks on her cheeks smiled at him. Not a pained or an annoyed smirk. And he's been trying this whole time to see her give a genuine smile. So anyways, later on, one of the plans is they're going to go into the city or in the town. And she is going to give a speech as the princess. And she's like, here's your chance to kind of show some good who you really are. So after she gives this wonderful speech, he comes up and he says, effective immediately, the laws on poaching in Farron Forest from Royal Decree 483 are rescinded. And then everybody, it was just silence after that. And they walk up the stage. Robin's so proud and happy. And everybody's like, what just happened? <laughs> it's really funny. And he was terrified to do that. Anyway, so after her birthday, after this ball, and after he gave her this gift and everything, she notices this relationship has changed. It has shifted and she can't quite put her finger on it. She's not sure what's happening. And so when they're fighting, because they, they have fighting every morning, she goes, <laughs> she's like, it's like you've gotten worse or stop trying at all. And so then he like, cause he was on the ground and she's on top of him, like got him. And so he flips her over and he's on top of her. And he says, is this better? <sighs> she sees the look in his eyes and she panics. So she pushes him off, makes him start wheezing and she runs. <laughs> she just runs away. And you know, this is her thing. When she confronts something that scares her or she doesn't know how to handle, she just runs. Mm -hmm. So we're jumping forward. So then after that moment that they had when they were on the ground and she sees the look in his eyes, she's like, he is up to something. He gave her a golden a necklace, a gold necklace with a golden arrow on it. And she's like, what the heck? We're not supposed to be spending money. He goes, wait, relax. Hang on one second. It was my mother's necklace and the man who did it didn't want to be paid because he knew it would help his business if they knew that he worked and did something for the princess and i let him keep the rest of the gold that he didn't use so you know yeah. win 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 yeah. <laughs> for everybody <laughs> and then he also got her a set of arrows new arrows to use in the training grounds and she's again what the heck no money spending come on and he's like actually he offered to do it because it would help his business and blah 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 so she's just like what the heck is going on 
And one of the nights that they're together in his room, he says, you have a headache. And with how tightly your hair is pulled back, that's obviously not helping. He says, let me. And so he, she says, there was something almost desperate in his eyes as he whispered, let me. So he really wanted to help her undo her hair. And so suddenly this is the new ritual. Every single night she comes into the room and he undoes her hair and like rubs her hair, and rubs her head. And that's the new thing. It is so sweet. It is so sweet. And he loves it he just like <laughs> loves touching her mm-hmm. and this is the only way that she'll let him so anyways then he then one night she falls asleep and she wakes up realizing she fell asleep in his bed she still had her clothes on and everything and he had his arm rested on her hip and she she realized she fell asleep there she forgotten to go back to her room and one of the things that the people the angry people of the town said to her once uh, when she ran away was must be night not to have to worry about staying warm this winter since you'll be warming prince john's bed mm-hmm. and so that pops into her mind and she gets up to leave like panicking that she fell asleep in his bed and he says stay and instead she ran oh i gutted me poor john was <laughs> yeah, so happy so <laughs> and then she runs so anyways so then the next day she's talking to marion her cousin and she marion's just laughing at her she, Robin's telling her everything that has happened and Marion's just laughing and she goes you're so clueless about men he loves you and she's like no he doesn't and she's like no he literally loves you and she like explains to him why he loves her you know mm-hmm. and so she kind of starts to panic and she goes but Alan said they were coming and and she goes but do you still even want them to have you ever considered maybe you're wrong that maybe this isn't a prison that maybe this is where you're meant to be in order to do the most good mm-hmm so then that night he notices she's acting weird too but that night she goes why do you say it like that and he says say what my wife you say it you say it like you're trying to say something else and he says what do you think i'm trying to say and she says marion thinks you're in love with me and then he says well who cares what marion thinks you know blah 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 and blah 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 blah, blah. and then he's all deflecting and then he kisses her because he doesn't know what else to do and he's like well i might as well let her know he kisses her and it is a good kiss and she kisses him back and then she freaks out and pushes him away and then they get into an argument and he says is it truly so terrible a thought that you cannot even bear to be near me is it really so awful to consider that i could be in love with my own wife and she goes i'm not doing this not with you i'm not playing your games i'm not falling for another one of your traps and (sighs) this broke my heart okay <laughs> he says, "You think I wanted this to be reduced to a pathetic mess begging for scraps of attention from my own wife?" And she says, "Stop saying that. Stop saying like you love me when you just want to own me. Own you? What else am I supposed to think? Those drawings of me, everything I have here is because of you, directly because of you." And she says, "You want me to need you so you can own me." And he so this is his point of view. He says, he was losing her he was losing her he could feel her finally slipping through his hands so he threw it all to the wind to do, to at least do something i love you and then she says i will not let you make me into this image of a wife you desire and he says you are what i desire did i not just prove that and then she says that that will never happen again you stay away from me he goes if i am so undesirable to you why did you kiss me back then she runs for the door <laughs> my favorite part so 
she goes, you just want to own me. And he goes, own you. And then in my head, he goes, I never had a chance, did I? Oh, <laughs> it breaks my heart. It's so sad. It's like so, so desperately wants her to love him, but yeah. she just is running away from it again. Again, she's a little runner. And I do love what, as, she's, as she's running away, he yells out into the hall. He says, for the record, it's not a crime to kiss your husband, but maybe I should make it one since apparently that's the only way to catch your interest. Because <laughs> she's a criminal. I freaking love it. <laughs> Oh, okay, so she runs away to her room. She's panicking. She's freaking out. Then she hears a psst. She looks up, and it's Alan. He says, hey, princess, sorry it took so long. Still ready for that rescue? <laughs> uh-huh. So she takes off her necklace, Aww. and she leaves. I'm so sad. She could have come at a worse time. The worst moment. Oh, my gosh. So while she's running away, she's with her people, her merry men, and they're taking her somewhere. We don't know where she's going, but little John, who's like her father figure, like she loves him as a father. He's older and everything like that. And he, he's having a conversation. He's like, you're, he can tell she's debating. She's, she can tell she's not happy. She's a little reluctant. Yeah. And he's like, you're running like you, the first day I found you when you were running away from when your parents died and everything, like what's happening. And she goes, and so she's telling him pretty much everything. And she says, he wasn't a tyrant or lazy or as greedy as I believed and braver than I imagined. So, so the next scene, Prince John knows, like he's freaking out. He's like, she ran away. She could be in danger. Oh my gosh. And he's like, I know exactly where she's going. And they're like, are you sure? And he goes, no, I, yes, this is exactly where she's going. He knows exactly where she's going, but we don't really know until the scene where she arrives there and they're at King Richard's encampment in the Scaldir Desert where the war front is happening. Mm. They went straight to the king. So the merry men put this plan together that they would go and get this annulment from the king. Once the king learned how he got, like this whole debacle, right? How Mm -hmm. he got this Robin Hood to marry him. So he has this annulment all written up and she's there ready to sign it, but she's not. Like she's hesitant. He goes, why are you hesitant? What's going on? And she goes, why are you, why are you so willing to let me just sign this? You didn't even talk to me about this. Like what's going on? And they have this whole conversation about that. And and so she goes, all right, let me guess then. You think this, if you don't give me the annulment and a pardon to spare me from your evil brother, your soldiers are going to in some way make things harder for you, disobey your orders, disrespect you, something along those lines. And so he's like, well, yeah, she's a hero, even out in the war front. Yeah, everybody <laughs> knows about her. And so he's he is trying to save face to make sure that his soldiers still are loyal to him. So he mm-hmm. has to be the good guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, all right, his his guards, his soldiers come in and say, hey, someone's approaching our camp. You better come out here. So he leaves while she's in there staring at the annulment, trying to decide what to do. She hears outside the tent. What have you buffoons done with my wife? <laughs> she hears his voice and she's so excited. She comes out to see him and he sees her and they're so excited to get to each other. But then the king's like, whoa, 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 we got to talk, dude. So he says, we're going to go into the tent. You guys, her merry men, you guys take her into that tent. We're going to be in here for a while. So then he's in there and... <laughs> he says, when I told you to take care of the Robin Hood problem, I didn't mean marry the outlaw. <laughs> in this conversation, he's kind of like berating him. And he says, you don't remember. And he's like, remember what? And he's like, hmm, okay. And he skips over that. And the Prince John says, if she doesn't want me, she's going to say it to my face. And what if I say no? Richard Half sat on the desk at the, in the tent. What if I say I'm putting an end to this right now? Forget the annulment. You never pardoned her before you married her or after. I can have her arrested and tried right here and now. 
And he says, you're not serious. And he says, deadly. And Prince John says, pardon her, I'll stay. And he's like, what? You want to stay? And he goes, yes, I'll do anything, just let her go, pretty much. And King Richard knows this is a big deal because Mm -hmm. Prince John does not want to be in the war. Like before, when it was an option, he begged not to go. And so he's testing him to see how much he loves her. To kind of like figure this whole thing out. Anyways, he says, anyone can ride off after a runaway wife. I wanted to know what you were willing to lose for even just the chance to keep her. And then he says, now go on, go catch your criminal one last time. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. Kicks my little feet. (laughs) (laughs) So giddy, right? (laughs) And then she runs out at the same time. They run to each other and she says, I didn't sign them. I'm not going to. I'm staying with you. And she says, I became Robin Hood because of you. You've always made me braver. So she says, when I first agreed to marry you, it was part of it was for the pardon for my men, but the other was because for the first time we met, I couldn't remember what was true and what was false. What you'd actually done compared to the rumors you let everyone believe. We're flashing back to when she first met him the very first time. So she's from a noble birth. Their royalty were visiting the countryside and they came visited with her family. And while they were there, she was out playing in the trees and stuff like that. Saw Prince John sitting by a tree, like sketching. And so she wanted to see what he was sketching. She climbed a tree behind him and was watching him. But then she fell out. She fell out of the tree and broke her leg. And so Prince John was trying to soothe her and say it's okay, it's okay. And he's calling for help and everything. And he's so kind. And she's like, this doesn't make sense because everybody says he's awful, but he's acting so kind. And then king richard or just brother at the time comes in and he picks her up and brings her back to the house because he was older can carry her and things like that and everybody praised him said you saved her you saved her prince john probably did it on purpose he probably scared her out of the tree just so that she would get hurt and all these all these things so she as a young kid was confused she was like seven and so she was like did he he didn't hurt me he was really kind but everybody's saying something different so she from that memory was kind of confused was still a little unsure and so she wanted to test it to see who is the true prince john who is he really is he who i remember he was or who everybody says he is so she recalls that whole thing and then she says at the at the end of it she says i love you i'm not running from it anymore i'm not running from the past anymore so they're kissing and all of her merry men are like, oh no, gross, you know, having this whole like fit behind like, what them. What are you doing? <laughs> so then they come up with an idea. She comes up with an idea. She goes, well, I need guards. You always have me with guards. I'm going to have my merry men be my guards. Uh-huh. So they hire them and they're around all the time. And so <laughs> they come back to the castle and it's this new life that they created. They're still trying to save the country together. And... And this is the epilogue now. So that's the end of the story. But this is the epilogue. And she finds out that she's pregnant. And kind of coming up with names and things like that. And I love this moment. I wanted to share it was little John had Prince John come into the training tent. And he's like, if you're going to, what does it say? Now that you have a babe on the way, you need to be a father. Frankly, you should have been better before you even so much as deign to look at Robin. I don't care if you're a prince and have an army of guards. Every man needs to be able to protect himself. And, and so and he, he's teaching him really how to fight and how to be a good protector for his family that he has now yeah. coming. And, yeah. and they are choosing between two names and one's a boy and one's a girl. Yeah. And Prince John thinks it's going to be a girl. And yeah. Robin's like, no, it's going to be a boy. And the, the very last line of the book is... In the out, end. Yeah, in the end, John was right. Yeah. <laughs> they had a girl. It's just this writing, you guys. beautifully. It's so good. It's If you love sarcastic, like humor it's 
it's you're gonna love this the pining that he has and like the the aching of his heart the whole time just to even be near her and just to see her and to touch her is like everything it is so good the enemies to lovers trope in this perfection is real strong it's real strong (laughs) and it's done so well all of it is believable it's so gradual the slow burn oh it's so good it is not even that long of a book but it's written so well it's just not a thing i would change about it we read it so quickly (laughs) so quickly oh it's so good okay let's rate it so plot five out of five five out of five there is nothing i would change it was perfect everything happened at the right timing the pacing was fantastic like oh so so good yeah so good yep romance like a hundred out of the five yeah it's so good oh my <laughs> it's gosh it's just so sweet and just it is so romantic and intimate and just because even their banter is so good together and then but also like the feelings that he has for her and like oh it's just so good and for being a clean book with her ability to do that oh man is insane so just brilliant just so brilliant. celeste you're my favorite <laughs> the ending five out of five five out of five my i guess my only thing i would say is i felt like when she was telling her whole story of her flashback of what happened it felt a little long like it was just like she was everything was laying out on the table which i guess you would do don't listen to her it was perfect (laughs) it was good it's seriously not enough to ever me say that you shouldn't read this Uh, at all uh it's just perfection literally it's been at the top of my list of like my favorite books for a hot second now like i read it how many weeks ago and i'm still like i need another book like that yes i know i yes i want more like this which is why i think i want to discover her other books yeah Um, i want to read her other books and see if they're just as good and i'm gonna message her and beg her (laughs) to please i want to write okay i want her to write a book about little john yes because he's an older man single right i love a story about him i just would like a cute little novella yeah could be a novella it doesn't mean anything hard nothing too like yeah don't yeah, take yeah. too much time yeah, celeste yeah. it's okay and then the other thing would be i would love a story about king richard king richard yes oh i would love a story about him because he seems you, so smart his personality like yeah. we barely see any of his personality but like just what we've seen it would be a good story. Yes. Like, we can tell. She, it would be a good story. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we need to message her and be like, please. I am. I'm going to right after we get off this, actually. Yeah. I'm going to message her. If we her. could interview her, that would be amazing. amazing. Just pick her brain apart and see how she does this. Oh, I don't know. I don't how, get it. How, what's the magic? But yeah, Prince, Prince, no, excuse me. King Richard is who I'd love a story about. Little John. But then also, I'm just very curious about how Marion and the guard met like guy? i just want to know yeah his name is guy we never mentioned it but i would love to know how they met like what Maybe like a novella too or I yeah mean, I, I feel like it could be a it could be book. interesting i mean i don't know how they meet or anything like yeah, that it but doesn't really say it's just kind of it, it works it makes the story work the way it does but yeah, I, I just would love to know i just would love to know i'm just kind of a little nosy what can i, I say i want to know all the those three people so yeah. I That's agree. three more books for you, Celeste. You know, that you'll <laughs> you have go, two welcome. automatic buyers here, okay? <laughs> we would love it. Yes, it's true. Oh, anyways, I'm excited for this year. Our, our goal, we mentioned that we want to have some more interviews this year because we did one with Sharon, who's amazing. We love her. Go check out all of her books. She has a book coming out soon, so we're excited about that. <laughs> and she's amazing. I just love her. But anyways, we want to have more authors on here as well this year. So that's a goal of ours. We want to do more episodes because we know we're lacking. Sorry about that. And we can't wait. We can't wait for this year. I feel like... I'm very excited for this year. It's a good year, I feel like, to do all these awesome things. I'm I'm up for it. So Mm -hmm. 
Don't forget, if you want to sign up for an art copy of A Cowboy's Runaway, which is my book, make sure you check that out, SincerelySarahV.com. All right, thanks for listening. If you like this episode, leave a review and share with your friends. Don't forget to follow us at Worth the Read Pod on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Goodreads. We'll see you next time where we'll share another story with you and you can decide if it's worth the read. Bye. Bye. Yeah.